Hallelujah. I was telling Dr. Mensah yesterday, I said, after yesterday's uh, message, what are we going to do today? <laughs> what are we going to do? It's like the conference was over. <laughs> Everybody just go. Amen. But I believe God has something special uh, for tonight and, you know, the day after, t- I mean, tomorrow and the day after and so on. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to tell a little story and then I'm going to go into the word. So my mom told me that, um, that since I was very young, like very, very young, that one of the things that used to happen was that people will, it's like I always had people around me. Like, you know, can you imagine a little, a little child and then talking to people and trying to show them stuff? And then she said, as I, you know, continue to grow, that it got to a point that people will be coming to the house. You know, when I started going to school, friends will come to the house and they want to come and see me. So the house will be filled. You know, she had a restaurant somewhere in Lagos then. And then I'll come to, to the restaurant and people will just, friends will just come. And some of those friends are still very good friends, you know, up until now. So some, I think it was some years ago when my wife, my wife looked at me and said, you know, Larry, I think there's a grace for relationships on you. I'm like, no, that's nothing. What's grace for relationship? You know, just, <laughs> you just, <laughs> I just love people. I just want to be friends with people. And so, say, no, I think there's a grace because I see the way you meet someone and suddenly the relationship is converted into a profitable one. I think it's just, you know, this thing is just normal and all that. You know, but over time, I have observed and it got to a point that I became convinced that this is something that I need to speak a little bit more. Um, In the year 2010, I'm going to be speaking to you today so that you know where I'm going. I'm going to be speaking to you today about gaining grounds through, gaining ground through supernatural relationships. So, there was a day I was in Kiev, Ukraine, and, you know, I just finished, um, like, a training with some people. And then I stood outside there in Kiev, and then I just saw a picture flash. I saw, it was a very, very interesting picture. I saw people holding hands together, like, like a, um, you know, the, the way you see the map of the world, like the, the globe. So, I saw people holding hands together, like, from Canada down to the U.S., right, South America, Caribbean, and then crossing the Atlantic to Africa, like people just holding hands together. And I remember then the Holy Spirit spoke to me, he said, the next move of God that is going to happen is not going to happen with people walking in isolation. He said, it's going to happen as people learn to walk together because I'm going to deposit things in people all over the place. And you are going to need to come together so that you can have the fullness of what I have in store. So that experience in Kiev, Ukraine began to make me think a little bit more about this subject that I'm about to share with you. 
And then I began to observe again. I discovered that something will happen to me everywhere I went to. People will gather. People will make relationships, like find it very easy to make relationships, make friends and acquaintances and all that. And it happens in some strange ways and some strange places. Um, one of the ones that was amazing to me was um, there was a time my wife and I and you know, a couple went to Sydney, Australia to the Hillsong Conference. So we just went to spend a week there. And I was like, okay, Australia is the end of the world. I'm going to see if this thing is going to happen in this place. Because I see it happening. Say, I'm going to test it. So first day, second day or so, nothing really was happening. And then on one of the days, while we were sitting in the Ilson Conference, a woman who is an Australian, a Caucasian, white Australian, just tapped, just tapped us at the back and said, where are you guys from? I said, yeah, we came from... Chicago, from the United States, and all that. And she said, you know what? I would like you guys to come to my restaurant tomorrow. She owns a restaurant. She owns an, you know, an organic restaurant. I would like you to come to my restaurant tomorrow because um, I just want, I just like you guys. I just want you guys to come and eat whatever you want. So we went to the restaurant. Of course, I'm always up for food, amen? Eh, <laughs> free food. How many of you like free food here? Yeah. especially in Australia, you know. So, so we went there, and then we got in there. I was like, this thing is happening again. This thing is happening again. This thing is happening again. So she had closed down the restaurant just to receive us. It was four of us. And then they began to bring all the food they had, like, you know, the way they sample, bringing everything to us. Then afterwards, she went to bring her staff and her family members and introduced them to us and said, pray. We're still, we're still connected, till, connected till today. So I'm just sharing this with you because there's something, there's an assignment that I have in this place today. Not only do I want to instruct, today and Sunday, of course, not only do I want to instruct, but I want to impart something to you, amen? That's going to change your life. And you're going to gain ground. Amen. So it happens in strange ways. I was coming here, I was on the plane. This is usually the way it happens. So I sat down there, you know, very, I was in a corner. And then one elevation church member, Probably the person is there. Just came to me. I said, are you Larry Juala? I said, yes. I'm sorry that, you know, I felt like, I hope I didn't commit a crime. <laughs> you know, but, you know, nice guy. I said, are you? I said, yes. So he's like, wow. You know, you come into our church. And this and that. So he just said, so he greeted me. Then he went and then went to sit down. Then the next thing, the, um, the Delta representative comes while serving, then comes and stands there, and then we begin to talk. He tells me, are you the oil minister of Nigeria? <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> I said, are you the previous oil minister? <laughs> I said, no. I minister in oil, the oil of the anointing. But not. <laughs> then he said, then he said, were you working for the oil minister of Nigeria? No. He said, are you a celebrity? I said, no. Say, who are you? I said, like, I'm an author. And I was like, wow. So just, then the next thing, the guy began to tell me, he's an American. He's like, I want to buy a house in, in Banana Island, but I don't have the money, but I want to buy it at Lekki because I want, to come, I want to move to Nigeria. Then goes to bring another Delta representative that, you know, has bought a house in Nigeria. And we started to talk again. I'm like, what? I just wanted to be quiet. <laughs> just a quiet flight. 
So these things happen everywhere I go. Everywhere. Everywhere. Um, the way it's, it is right now is God has, I mean, I say this, you know, just to honor God. God has blessed me with relationships crossing every continent. There's no continent of the world that I don't, ha- I don't know somebody who is doing something. I tell people, if you want to do something, there's no continent of the world I don't know somebody who is doing something similar or that can link up with you. Over, over some years, God has done that. So I want to thank God and celebrate his grace for divine relationships. And in this conference, I believe, like Peter said, such as I have, I give unto you. That's because I know, I've seen it, I've seen people catch the same thing, that that grace is going to come upon you. And the supernatural relationship that you need for the fulfillment of your destinies will begin to manifest all around you at the right time, the right places. Amen. You begin to see it happen, you know, from this conference. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So I began to think about it and maybe there's some things that we could, you know, learn from scriptures about relationships. About how relationships work. So that we can be able to tap into this anointing, this grace, deliberately. And that's why I want to share with you in this conference, I might not be able to go through everything. So I'll be speaking today, and I'll be speaking on Sunday. I will not be able to go through everything. I want to speak to you about the 21 immutable laws of relationships. Gaining ground for relationship. That's actually the title of a book. And thank God, this book is going to be released in Nigeria at Elevation Church on Sunday. Amen. The 21 immutable laws of relationships. So I went through scriptures and just found every verse that I called that dealt with relationships. And just took some time to meditate on those verses and began to consolidate them into certain core principles that I was able to categorize into 21. They are not, that's not exhaustive, amen? But they are key things that if you learn them and walk in them, something is going to change in, your, in the area of your relationships and you begin to gain ground. Amen. Are you ready for it? So I'm just going to go through them you know, very fast. I think I'll do about four today um, and then we'll continue on Sunday, amen? Did you notice that there were two things that God fixed the, two, the first two things that God established when he made man, and I mean mankind, the first one was our relationship with him. Because the Bible says immediately they were created in God's image, he put Adam in the garden of Eden. And as you probably know, putting him in the garden of Eden was not just putting him in a physical location, even though it was a physical location, but there's a significance to what Eden means. It was a spiritual spot, right? I believe you guys know that. In other words, God put him in his presence. In fact, the first day of man was the day that God had his rest, his Sabbath. Man was created on the sixth day, and on the seventh day, God had the Sabbath. So when man had his first full day, God was resting. Why do you think that's so? The Bible says the Sabbath was made for man, 
and not man for the Sabbath. In other words, God did that as an example. And most importantly, God spent that day with man, fellowshipping with him, telling him that before you continue the work of creation that I have started, you have to start with relationship. You have to start with rest. You have to start with me. Let me just give that to every one of you. Many people want to rest and spend time with God after they have worked. But the way God did it is you start with him and then you go to work. You get that? You start with inspiration and then creativity comes. You start with fellowship and then creativity comes. Adam was to spend time with God first and from there he will learn how to control everything that God had put in nature. We will learn about electricity, all the laws of physics, everything that you know, we were working with right now. It all starts by, first of all, spending time meditating on God's work and being with God. That's why you notice that those who are a little bit, who have some little quiet time, some Sabbath moment in their lives, they are not always working. They are the most creative. They are the most creative in the world. Most of the inventions and the things that are created in the world, they came from, from silence. They came from being alone. They came from meditation. Those things came from there because that's the womb where creativity comes from. It doesn't come from all, from, you know, just activity. So that, that's the first thing God established, a relationship. And God will come to visit man in the cool of the day to continue that Sabbath, that holy spot in time where there's a, communi- there's a communication and intercourse and, you know, um, communion between man and God. But notice, after God established that, the second statement he makes in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 was, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper for him. It is not good. Now before then God said he looked at everything he had made and behold everything was good. And then he put the man there and they're fellowshipping. Can you imagine you're fellowshipping with God? You're talking with God and God is sharing things with you. And God looks at you and says, this is not good. This is not good. This is not good. How can somebody be in the presence of God? Fellowshipping with God. Hearing from God. God was giving him instruction. Don't eat of this tree. Eat of this one. Guard this garden. Now, this is what this is about. Telling him so many things that are not even recorded in scriptures. Because we don't know how long that took place. But then God looks at him on a day and says, this is not good. Now, for some of you that are very spiritual, very holy, you know, some people have said, you know, as long as I've got Jesus, I don't need nobody else. There's actually a song that goes that way. Now, I know what they're trying to say. Now, some people say that, that as long as my relationship with God is intact, I don't need to have any relationship with any other person. God is all-sufficient. And God is all-sufficient, but part of the way that he manifests his all-sufficiencies for you is by what? Putting you in divine relationships. God said it is not good for the man to be alone. The word alone there means to be all one. It means to be alone in the fulfillment of his assignment. To be the only one who enjoys the presence of God and who carries out the assignment of God in the garden. In other words, nobody should do their assignment on earth alone. Nobody should do the assignment on earth alone. God says it's not good. Now, I know he was saying that in the context of a spouse there. 
But it was a more general principle. And the general principle is this. Purpose can never be fulfilled in isolation. Your purpose can never be fulfilled in isolation. That's law number one. It's called the law, the law of non-isolation. You cannot make the significant difference you were made to make on the earth by being a lone ranger. You cannot be all that God has created you to be without divine relationships. You must be connected. You must be operating in a company. You know, the more I study scripture, Pastor God, the more I study scriptures, I discover that, you know, we, we say something, you know, sometimes I'm going to say some things that you guys will have to spend some time to think about. You know, we say things like, you know, I, I used to preach it too. I used to tell people, you know, the, the, great, you know the, the, the most important thing is your personal relationship with God. The most important thing is your personal relationship, which is good. Amen. God has called us as Christians. Christianity is a personal religion. You know, it is a religion in your secret place. I discovered that it is not scriptural. I discovered that all through the beginning, from the beginning, God has always been concerned about the family. God has always been concerned about the kingdom. God has always been concerned about the people. In fact, he told Israel, he said, the reason why I called you is not because you are wise, you are all that. He said, I'm looking for a kingdom of priests and kings. I want to raise the people. I don't just want to raise individual believers who are isolated and disconnected all over the place and everybody's operating on their own. No. I want to raise a kingdom. I want to raise a people. I want to raise an army. I want to raise people who are moving together, who are operating together and the world wonders and says, who are these people? What made them unique in the acts of the apostle? They said people saw what they were doing and they were amazed at the company that God had raised and people were afraid to join them and some came to join them. Amen. They saw the movement, amen, of a people. Now, the individual relationship is extremely important. But that is not the end. Do you get that? It is extremely important because, listen, this is the way it works. And it's one of those laws, you know, the, the, way, the way it works in relationship is that if God is operating at a frequency in relationship, it's called love. Everybody say love love. So, if you just think of a tuning fork or a guitar and all that, they operate at a particular frequency. If you begin to vibrate at that frequency of God, and the other person is vibrating at that frequency of God, there will be harmony. So, that's why the individual one is so important. Do you get it? But the real call of God is that everybody is working together in symphony, in synergy. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Hallelujah. The word there, how good and how pleasant. The word pleasant there in the Spanish Bible is delicious. Delicioso. It's very delicious. It's very palatable. There's something sweet about brothers working together in unity. So listen, the first law is this. You cannot fulfill your purpose in isolation. You cannot do it alone. One is too small a number to make the significant difference that God has called you to make on the earth. You have to team up with somebody. You have to find people. Amen. That's the purpose of the church. You know, 
I don't know if it's happening in Nigeria, but in the United States, you have some people because of the live streaming technology and all this stuff, and they say, you know what, I don't want to go to church anymore. All I just want to do, you know, I just, just me and Jesus. Me and my relationship with Jesus. Now, that's great, amen? At least you're doing something. But if you're going to get to the ultimate goal of God, hallelujah, you are going to have to meet with imperfect people who are going to step on your toes. The, the lesson that God is teaching you about love, right? How is that lesson going to become a part of you? Because love doesn't become a part of you by you just meditating on love. I love people. I love all that. No, 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 no. It becomes a part of you when somebody steps on your toes and you have to practice love. Are you listening? That's how you grow. Relationships is what grows you. Relationships with imperfect people. God will use them to build character in you. That's why we need to be in relationships. Hallelujah. Somebody say the law of non-isolation. Say life must be shared. My purpose on earth cannot be fulfilled in isolation. Ecclesiastes chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 8 to 12 says two, uh, sorry, say there is one alone. There is one alone. He has neither friend nor brother. Yet there's no end to all his labors. Now, not, no, is his eyes satisfied with riches. But he never asks, for whom do I toil and deprive myself of good? This is also vanity and a grave misfortune. That's another way of saying it is not good. It is not good. Whatever you are doing, for it to be a fulfilling thing, it must end outside of yourself. And that only happens when you begin to share it with people. Do you guys get that? Number two. I got to move fast. Number two. The law of partnership. The law of partnership. The law of partnership. There's something about relationships that multiplies your efforts. So I train people to start things like, you know, entrepreneurs or people who are getting to stuff. And one of the instructions I give them in the training is don't do it alone. Find a co-founder. In fact, I teach them how to build their first set of things. First of all, the first thing you need to build in any relation, anything that you're about to do, any endeavor you're about to do, as you move into this, you know, um, next half of the year, I tell them the first, your first team, and it's easy to build. Your first team is your prayer team. Everybody say my prayer team. Say my prayer partners. Because every endeavor that you're going to do from within the church is going to be opposed by the arch enemy of the church. There are many things that started well, the right visions, the right enterprises, but because they are not well covered, they fail. So I tell people, one of the easiest things, one of the easiest things for you to build, which is the foundational team, is a team of people that just pray for you. They don't have to be too many. They don't have to be too many. Just a couple of people and say, you know what, I have this vision that you can share your vision with, and, you know, and then you all begin to pray together. Amen. Just by doing that, you are beginning to multiply the power of what you are about to get into. 
You are beginning to release a mystery because it's a mystery. The mystery of partnership is, a, is, is something that I don't know. I don't know how it works. But it's just that when one, more than one person come together to do something and they come in agreement, the power is multiplied several fold. The Bible says one will chase a thousand and two will do what? Will chase ten thousand. What's the multiplication factor of that? One is supposed to change a thousand, but two, ten thousand. That's multiplied by ten, right? Multiplied. So, in other words, ten times. The power is multiplied ten times because you are doing it with somebody else. I tell people, you know, this is, this is, if you are supposed to do something, listen, you are supposed to do, get something done. Let's say you're supposed to do something and uh, the reward was supposed to be hundred dollars. This is how the mystery of partnership works. So let's say it's supposed to be hundred dollars. So you do it and you put all the work and all the effort alone. You say, no, I don't want to work with anybody. I have to keep it. You get a hundred dollars. Great. Amen. Now, if you bring one person to come alongside to do it with you, do you know what happens? When the, according, to the, according to the mystery of partnership, when two of you do it, right, you are going to put less effort because it is shared. But when the reward, when you get the reward, right, on the base, the base, you know, you have base salary, right? So, I mean base in that sense. On just the base, you will get a hundred and the person will get a hundred. Not 50-50. You are going to accomplish the same thing. So, the mission of partnership, it is shared equally. They part alike. But because of the God factor that is involved, the Bible tells us that it is multiplied tenfold. So, you do it alone, you get a hundred. You do it with someone who is very quick at mathematics. What do you get? You get a thousand each. You know, these are things that I have proven in ministry and in other stuff. I've discovered that there were some things I used to do, push and some programs to organize in the community. But the moment I began to join with, with some people to do it, we do less, we spend less, and we get the multiplied result. So I began to see that these principles are real. Whenever you join up with the right person for whatever vision, for whatever mission, for whatever assignment, for whatever enterprise, for whatever it is. Whenever you join up with the right person and not go it alone and you do it under God, your effort is supernaturally multiplied. That is why I am, you see, when I, when I say Pastor Godman is my friend, Pastor Bola is my, I mean, I'm not joking. When I talk about my friend, I'm not joking. I'm their partners. You know what I'm saying? I am what? We are partners. And I know what I mean by that. It's a principal partnership. And I have partners like that. I am their true partner. In the sense of if you joined a company, right? You put some money in a company. Do you get that? When it's about to start, or you start a partnership, a company, a partnership, the way you share the reward. Do you get that? That's the sense in which I say it. That's Because that's the scriptural sense. So when you are part of a church, or you form something with a friend and you, are very, you understand this principle and you are a partner. Everything, everything that is happening there, every word that God is going to give, the same. You will part what? Alike. In this world and what? In the world to come. It's a, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's a mystery that destroys selfishness. It's a mystery that multiplies the resources of the body. It's a mystery that multiplies the resources of your life. When you stop seeing people as your competitors, amen, and you start seeing them, especially within the church, you start seeing them as people who complement one another. And you start seeing visions on people and say, you know what? 
Wow, this looks very similar. How can we do something together with this? I tell you, Elevation Church, when people begin to gather together and begin to connect together around the visions that God has given you, this church is going to go to a new level. Amen. A totally new level. Hallelujah. Amen. I feel that God wants to connect. Did you notice that Facebook changed their mission statement last week? You know, they just changed their mission statement. So Facebook reached 2 billion people connected. Right? Last 2 billion people. So Mark Zuckerberg says, you know, we're changing Facebook mission statement from connecting people like they were connecting. Now, it changed the mission statement to establishing communities. So, you know, we've connected the world. So, what next? So, now, they want to start establishing groups. Groups. He came to Chicago last week or so to go and talk to people who have started groups 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 on facebook so it's now focusing on the connecting the guy is moving or he's taking it what from just being linked together going to the same church or you know seeing you know meeting each other and being connected on facebook to now doing things together hallelujah if somebody in the world is seeing it i'm telling you that the person the guy is just grasping something that is happening in the spirit because something is happening in the spirit right now hallelujah not only is god connecting people but no god is going beyond connecting god is now causing people to come together in partnership to actually establish communities that will carry things out in the world and it will be supernaturally carried out are you guys getting what i'm saying are you getting it so relationships, that's law number two. Relationships will multiply your efforts several fold. Good relationship will add pleasantness and power to your life in amazing ways. Number three, quickly. Number three, the law of impartation. The law of impartation. Everybody say the law of impartation. You know what impartation is, right? Impartation is something that flows from someone and comes to you. So the law of impartation simply says you are going to become like the people that you work closely with. Everybody say, I'm going to become like the people that I work closely with. That's the law of impartation. Now, we usually preach this from the negative perspective, and we do need to preach it. Whenever, in, in, in nature, whenever you have something that is high temperature and something that is low temperature, and you put them together, which one gathers the heat? Which one becomes, you know, loses something? Does coal, what, what happens? The one who, with the high temperature, right, loses its temperature to the other one. So when you begin to walk with people as a believer, you start working with people who have no relationship with God, guess who is going to become colder? You are the one that's going to get colder because you have gravity working against you. You're supposed to be on top, right? And they are there. You are seated in the heavenly realm and they are here. So they pull you down. It's easier for them to pull you down than for you to pull them up in that sense. Do you get that? But I'm talking about you deliberately using this law to lift up yourself. Do you get it? To gain ground. Your life is going to approximate your closest friends. In the next couple of years, your life is going to be the average of the people closest to you. Do you get that? 
So if you want that average to be something meaningful, you need to make some adjust- adjustment in your relationships. You need to make some adjustment. This works. This law works naturally. You know, they said it this way. They said the, 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 the animal that walks with a dog is going to what? Eat poop. Another one says it's going to have what? Fleas also. Paul said it this way. Evil communication corrupt what? Good manners. And then in the book of Proverbs 13 verse 20, it says, well, He that walks with the wise shall be what? But a companion of fools shall be? That's the law being repeated in several ways, you know, in scriptures. That who you walk with is going to rub off on you. It's going to affect the horror around your life. It's going to affect the influence of God upon your life. Iron sharpens iron. A man sharpens the countenance of his friend, but wood is going to blunt iron. So the people you move with will determine your destiny. Your dest- your, your, the average of those people is showing your destination. So if I were you, when, when I hear this, I will not feel condemned if I've been working with some people that have been pulling me down. I'm going to say from, from Accelerate today, I'm changing my company. I, I, I believe somebody's going to say that. Somebody say, I'm changing my company. Say, I'm taking a good look. Say, everybody say, I'm taking a good look at the people that are closest to me. And I want to make some adjustment. Because I have a vision. Because I have a purpose. Because I'm going somewhere. Because I want to gain ground. I'm going to reorganize everything. And I'm going to calculate the average. Amen. Do you know that if you have a 20, do you get it? You have a 20, you have a 1, and then you have a 5, and you have a 2. When you are calculating the average, you know the 20 will make the average go high. You know in mathematics. So this is how you organize your relationship. Please pay attention. Pay attention. And some of the laws will teach you how to initiate this relationship, this next set of law, but I, I won't get into that today. Now listen, find somebody who is hide up there. Did you get that? That's what is called a mentor. Everybody say a mentor. Pastors and leaders. Find somebody with high up there so that the average will be what? Affected. So everybody must find somebody like that who is high up there. That you see their lives and like, I would like to be like this. I, I, would, like, I would like to approximate this or even exceed this. So you, fi- you put that in your relationship, right? Then you find some people who are not so far from you also, your peers and all that, but who are doing well also, right? To help you with the average. Now, you need some people that you also are pouring into. Do you get that? So you had some of those people to it also. But don't make sure that the people that you are pouring into, <laughs> they are not the ones that dominate it. Or what's going to happen to you? You are always going to be drained. So there are others in life, and then there are multipliers in life, there are subtractors in life, and there are dividers in life. Others are people that hurt you. What you should do about those people is that you should what? S- celebrate those people. Subtractors are people that take from you. Tolerate them. Dividers are people that divide. They're always talking about other people. What should you do to those people? Stay away from them. But multipliers, they multiply you. They are usually mentors. What should you do? You should honor and celebrate those people. But you should have them apart from dividers around you. Amen? 
You should have those three around you and make sure that you calculate your average very well. I tell you, if you can just do that, a miracle begins to take place in your life. You just find out that you are changing. They said when they looked at the disciples of Jesus in the Acts of the Apostles, they said they were unlearned and ignorant men. These people had no education. They, they, they said they saw their boldness of Peter and John. They perceived that they had been with Jesus. People could see who they had been with. They could see that they've been working with Jesus for the past three years. Amen. So we will also perceive who you've been working with. The way you talk, I know what you've been watching on TV. The way you talk, I know who you've been working with. Because you start to change. When you start working with people who talk boldly, you start talking boldly. When you start working with people who have vision, you start having vision. When you start working with people who are excellent, you start becoming excellent. When you start working with people who are purposeful, you start becoming purposeful. It's a simple way to recalibrate your life so that you can gain ground. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now let me give you the last one that I'm I'm going to give you today. It's called the love of the new season. Everybody say love new seasons. I'm going to use that and just, you know, just, you know, pray for everyone. Say the law of new seasons. Now, what's the law of new seasons? It simply says that when God wants to introduce you or move you into a new season of life or into a new territory in the pursuit of your purpose, he does it through relationships. When God, can I have um, somebody play the keyboard for me? I usually like to close that way. Amen. When God wants to move you into what? A new season of life. He does it through what? It's a strategic relationship. Also, when Satan wants to introduce you to a new season, he also does it through what? A strategic relationship. So listen, this is the law. This is how to practice the law. Whenever a new relationship enters into your life, be very careful. Be very observant. Because it's either of the two. Whenever you meet somebody new, a new guy, a new lady, a new person that just comes into your life, be very sensitive. And say, is this a plant of God? (laughs) Or is it a plant of the devil? Because every relationship that you begin to develop is going to bring something new into your life. It's going to move you into a new season. Many people in the Bible enjoy that. Paul the Apostle, who was killing everybody, was ushered into a new season through Ananias that came to pray for him and said, Brother Saul, your eyes be open. And through Barnabas that introduced him to the Apostle and said, don't be afraid of him. When it was time for Barnabas and Saul to go about and do their ministry, they said, while they were praying and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, not to Paul and Barnabas, of course they knew, he said to their friends there, and said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work that I've called them. In other words, I need you guys to help me usher them into a new season. And he said, when they had prayed for them and laid their hands on them, they sent them forth. And then they went and began to do exploits. Elisha was ushered into a new season through his relationship with Elijah. Ruth was ushered into the lineage of Jesus through our relationship with Naomi. Peter, James, and John, who had been fishermen 
they've been fishermen for a long time, for a good season of their life. When they met with Jesus, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They were introduced into a new season of life. Every relationship that comes, every new relationship is introducing you into a new season. I can give you negative ones also of how relationship came into people and destroyed their lives. So you have to be sensitive. But you don't have to be afraid. Amen. You don't have to be afraid. I have seen a relationship come into my life and then I discover that God strategically positioned that relationship for me to reach another place in the continent or for me to do something else in the area of my divine purpose. So I'm not afraid of relationship. You just need to be sensitive. Amen. You just need to be sensitive. But I want to tell you that something is happening. Something is what? Sometimes we're just not aware of it. We're just not aware of it. Your life, your gaining of ground can become easier if you learn to understand how God is moving in the areas of the connections that he's putting around you. If you begin to inventory your current relationships and become sensitive to new ones that emerge, and later I'm going to share on Sunday how to initiate relationships and to keep them. When you begin to initiate and watch out for God's orchestration, for God set the solitary in families. You begin to see things happen in your life that you used to struggle for. You will no longer have to struggle for them anymore because the Bible says even when you have so seed, it says give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, present now, shaking together, running over. Shall angels give to your bosom? Shall God give to your bosom when it appears to you? What, who is going to give to your bosom? Shall what men give to your bosom. So what you have been praying for, the things you have been praying for, come on, rise up on your feet, everybody. The things you have been praying for, the seeds you've been sowing, the words that are going to come through this conference, amen, and the fresh revelations that are going to come to you, the next set of things God is going to tell you to do, because when you come in the presence of God, things begin to drop. Those things are going to be accomplished as God begins to put you in strategic relationships. And that's why I ask you to lift your hands right now and as I have spoken the word of God, I release upon this congregation in the name of Jesus such as I have I give unto you. Listen attentively. You see, when I pray this prayer, one thing begins to happen. It happens. People begin to break relationships. Like things just begin to happen. And people begin to establish new ones. So I pray for you right now. First of all, that any relationship, any connection with any human that is detrimental to your purpose will not survive this anointing. Every relationship pulling you down. Holding you down. Keeping you from gaining ground. I come against them right now. By the anointing of the living God. I declare that you are broken. You are eliminated. In the name of Jesus. I release the angels of God on your behalf. He said, I am the God who brings the man that executes my counsel from a far country. Who calls a ravenous bird from the east. 
the Lord brought Eve to Adam while he was sleeping. The Lord made Eve and brought it to him. And he opened his and said, this is now bone of my bones. That same God is alive. I speak right now that from today, the grace for supernatural relationships, strategic relationships comes upon you. I declare as I've been sent over you. Begin to enter into destiny relationships, empowering relationships, dead grounds, dead grounds, new seasons. In the name of Jesus, come and lift your hands and begin to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come and praise Him.